Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. It's after four o'clock. How you doing? I don't want to downplay this song, but every time I hear it, I think of Paul Rudd. On Fallon. Oh, man, he did a pretty good uh, pretty good lip-sync version of the song, uh, for sure. Uh, welcome back to The Gregor Show, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. And, uh, hey, if you haven't got into the game, you can try it. Uh, use the promo code SPORTS50, and you'll get your free $50 wager at PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, Dylan Holloway's reassigned to uh, Bakersfield. Uh, he'll be in the lineup tomorrow night for the uh, Condors and uh, look for him to play some uh, big minutes. Uh, might uh, end up playing center as well for a time. So uh, we shall see uh, what happens there. A busy night in the National Hockey League tonight. 13 games. The orders could gain ground in a sense if Vegas loses to Florida, who's won four in a row. Then uh, all of a sudden they're... F- uh, 10 back, but four games in hand on uh, Vegas, who has been uh, struggling as of late for the last two months uh, in their uh, last 24 games, so under uh, 500 uh, as a team. So that's uh, good news for the uh, Edmonton Oilers if they uh, if that happens tonight. Uh, also, the Oilers Skills Competition ongoing tonight, and uh, they'll have a few special guests joining them on the ice, uh, a few alumni, and then they, they got a few other uh, fun things uh, up their sleeves. So you might want to uh you might want to uh check it out if you're going. We actually have a pair of seats if you would like to go to the game tonight. So uh we'll do it pretty easily today on the show. You text us at eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, include your email and your name and a positive comment about Connor Halley. He loves to read it to start out 2024. Now, keep in mind the Chargers are terrible. Right? They got five wins. They're not making the playoffs. So, cons could uh, use some cheering up. So, a uh, little positive comments in the uh, text line today. Uh, pair of seats, uh, great seats, aisle seats, row 16 for, uh, for tonight's skills competition. TR, uh, did you ever do a skills competition? Yeah, here and there. Um, yeah, you know, over the years, few and far between, but probably six to a dozen. And like, uh, what did you excel in? Oh boy! Believe it or not, in junior, I had to work on my skating, but I was decent going like point from point A to point B. I, I come to realize it was agility that was that I really had to work on. Um, I had a decent shot, you know, it wasn't overly hard, high eighties, but it was fairly accurate. If I ever got in, it was for hitting those targets. Oh, okay, so that was the target one. Was the one you do? The target and then, you know, maybe some stick handling and stuff. The, the one I remember, I'm, I'm not going to ever use the word Excel, but 
you're you're nervous before those things, and I never wanted to do it first nor last, but that I remember succeeding at more than once. All right, okay. The uh, I'd still like to see the fastest skater in a straight line from one end to the far blue line. That's to me because like no one skates a full lap in hockey, right? So what are we doing here? Like it's like the the lap is like the four hundred meter. Let's make it a hundred meter sprint. Let's just go straight out, boom, straight line. Here we go. Gives the players some time to slow down so they're not crashing the boards, right? You you cross the line at the blue line, three quarters of the ice. Let's see in a straight line. That that to me yeah. would be awesome to see because you can guy you can have multiple guys going at once, right? You can almost have like a race head to head. Right, because we all know that uh, you know racing against time is a little bit different than racing head to head. So that would make it. Uh, yeah, and you know when you make that lap around the net, I think you take you you start adding factors. Like if you're talking the fastest player on the planet, I'd like to see that. Or or even there's no way to do it, but but go f- further. If people think you know well, because then you could say well, that's more about the start, and you know. But again, it usually goes hand in hand. I think McDavid is has the best start, yeah, and he's also the fastest. But you know, I don't know if you could just keep going straight. But once you start adding other factors, I know you're not really talking about the fastest anymore. You're you're saying that maybe the best skater, yeah, because fastest guys, skater straight ahead is a yes. different thing. Yes, like crossovers coming out of the corners a little bit different than let's just see in a straight line. Because you think about the game of hockey, it's usually straight lines, and so even if you want to extend it to the top of the circles. From one end of the ice to the top of the circles. That's how often do you see a guy skate farther distance than that in the game? Not very often. So uh, it Not would be a, it would be an interesting one uh, to see. I know Sam Gagne was joking today. He's he's actually uh, he's kind of laughing slash annoyed. He's like, I'm a veteran, but somehow I'm in the hardest shot competition. When I was a rookie, the old guys used to get to pick which events they got to go in, and he gets stuck in the hardest shot competition. And so he was laughing. He even tried one of Bouchard's sticks in practice because most D-men have a stiffer stick. Right. Because, yeah. you know, and he's like, I can't do it. Uh, he tried it. He's like, nah, I'll just, you know, I'll go out there and do my own thing and see what happens. And, you know, he was hoping he's like, I'm probably going to be high 80s. He says, if I get to 90, he'll be jacked. So, uh, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of his. That's goal. what I was thinking back when I had to do it. And beat. by the way, I saw Sheldon Surrey hit oh. 100 with a wood stick. Yeah. Oh, buddy, that guy. That was junior. Yeah. One thing for Ally Afraidy that was junior. Sheldon did it in junior. Yeah. No. And then a few years later, the timing, I often say to people, Sheldon could shoot it in junior. Wasn't much of a power. I mean, he was when he was 19, I guess, turning 20 that last year. Traded to Cologne and was a little bit more offensive. But like I played with Sheldon in his draft year. He had three goals and six assists. He fought Brent Myers was his big highlight of the year. Third round still, but I don't think anybody, nobody saw what's happened. Him become a scorer, the mo- the most goals in a season for the Montreal Canadiens as a D man. Are you kidding? I never would have believed that. But the the one piece came in, and I remember him saying to me, "He's like, wow, the timing on that was great." Noof, my shot went from like ninety nine to one hundred to like one hundred five, one hundred six, boom, and that's oh. a huge difference. Oh, right? he he could shoot, but like Sedano <laughs> Chara has the fastest recorded ever at a hundred and eight. Miles an hour, like uh, him. Well, he was one hundred eight point eight, and Shea Weber was one hundred eight point one. Like, well, the longer the lever, the more power generated. Yes, so that makes sense. Yeah, like those guys are shooting bombs. But maybe the you know what Elias Pettersson last year was one hundred three point two as a forward. Like that guy, yeah. like he's got some whip, and so uh, you know he's an interesting guy who can really fire the puck. He's he's really the only uh, forward. Him and Freddie Modine, I think, are the only forwards ever in the top ten uh, all time, at least recorded by at the NHL. So. Um, something to watch for tonight. A lot of people are thinking Bouchard, but don't sleep on Brett Kulak 
for the hardest shot. Uh, he won it last year. And, and you know how it is. Players are a little competitive. Like they smile and everybody's having fun, but still it's like, Hey, you know what? Uh, Kulak would like to be Bouchard. And obviously Bouchard's like, Hey, wait a sec. Like, you know, I'm leading the NHL with the most 90 mile an hour shots this year. I'd like to, uh, I, I want to get the highest. So, uh, I'll, you know, that'll be an interesting one, uh, to watch for tonight. Uh, they got the goalies. I think Stuart Skinner is going to be out of the net. Um, and, uh, he'll be doing, uh, some passing stuff. Uh, they've got some alumni that are going to be involved. So they got a few special tricks involved. And so we got a few people that have, uh, texted in at 833-401-1440. And, uh, we'll pick a, a name and send you, uh, a pair of seats to go to the game tonight. Um, the other news, uh, TR, we've talked about the orders and, you know, you've had a chance now. You, you mentioned it when he got hired. You're like, Hey, Chris Knobloch, I know it's junior, but, uh, you know, he spoke pretty highly of him, but the Paul Coffey effect. I think has been much more significant than anybody expected. There's a lot of people that were kind of questioning and I kind of, I understand it because he's never really coached at the NHL level, but his impact on like, I look at Vincent DeHarnay and how much he holds on to the puck now. Like it's virtually night and day compared to beforehand, right? Like I'm not saying he's offensive, but he's not just getting rid of the puck. Like, and, and uh, I talked to him today, like he still doesn't shoot the puck on net very often. And he's like, you're watching him. He's walking the blue line a little bit. And his coach was like, Vinny, you gotta shoot now, right? Like that's kind of like the next step in his evolution. But the, uh, the influence of Paul coffee on this blue line and how they handle pucks and make plays is much more significant than I ever thought possible. Yeah. Like, I I don't play defense, never have. And usually you heard that you hear the term poise associated with a D-man over a forward. I remember in junior, for what it's worth, Wade Redden. I remember that was the word, and and whatever that is, he had it. Like mm-hmm. you know, he had I guess patience and, and uh, prowess, hockey IQ. Yeah, you know, with the puck and a guy like Deharnay, you really can. I mean, I, I I can see that he has much more poise with the puck now. You, you would think, I mean, Paul Coffey often is, I mean, I won't say overlooked, but you, you, you almost forget how unbelievable this guy was. Yes. And if he's at all relatable, I can see it. I, I don't know why I didn't really see it coming like everybody else might have or why it's taken some of us by surprise, given the status. And just think about it, man. If you had a guy in your corner that was that heralded in the game and he had a bit of confidence in you of course you'd get a bit of confidence right yeah, yeah no that's so fair i you know and a lot of these guys where they're older they get associated with an older boys club or or maybe that style of coaching back then like you know rick tockett has vancouver going in a good direction and i'm i'm sure it's not all the big tough rick tockett i would think you know, he gives you reason to play with confidence. Whatever that is, Paul Coffey seems to really help those young players. I, I, you know, a guy like DeHarnay probably is the best example because I'm seeing things that I didn't think were possible. But Bouchard can get as good offensively as he's going to get, and he could set all kinds of records, and it still really wouldn't surprise me. But I'm seeing DeHarnay. It's almost like you've drafted a different player. It's wild. It is. Like, honestly, the uh, just poise is a great word that you use there. I think, uh, you know, just uh, where he's making plays on the ice. And, you know, talk about, like, the, the next evolution. And he's really – it was interesting talking to, to DeHarnay today in the room. And I'm going to get to a clip from uh, from Ryan McLeod here in a second, but um, or after the break. But 
DeHarnay spoke about how, like, he gets really jazzed up now on the penalty kill. Like, he feels like that's his thing, right? Like, when you're a power play guy, you get excited to be on the power play. Obviously, you're going to score. And you're yeah. a penalty killer. you got a different mindset. And he just feels like him and, and, and Ekholm, and he was just like against Philly. He's like, like, we just had him, and, you know, you're pressuring him all over. And he goes, like, Philly, uh, by the way, that was the worst power play that I've seen in the NHL. There's zero creativity. All they do is they try to get the puck and then just jam it in down low. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? This is awful. No wonder they're 10%. Like, they could barely string together three passes. And then, oh, get it down low and let's just try to shovel it towards the net. Like, it was it was quite easy to defend. Side note. But, um, you know, he talked about how he's, he's really worked on his stick positioning and with Mark Stewart. And he's really vocal about getting better stick positioning. And as a forward... Just like the little nuances of guys who had good sticks that you played against. And maybe it doesn't get talked about enough. Like what a skill it is to know how to have and to not only know, but then to have your stick in the right place more often than not as a defender. Totally. And first of all, just to give some weight to what you said earlier. Yeah, I I've seen guys completely transform their game like guys are there. Sometimes you you got to know your role, and I know everybody says that. But if you're on the third or fourth line or you're on the second and find yourself sometimes on the outside looking in and a coach says, you know what, I'm going to make you the best penalty killer you can possibly be because it's in you, and here's what we're going to do. And I find it's a lot easier to adapt to that as a player than it is to, like, read someone or be offensive when, you know, the expectations are there. But you can really buckle down, and I've seen some players really transform their careers and and become – you know, they, they, they maximize their potential because they might never have been on the power play. Yeah. But it gives them something to do that to really focus on and be one of the best at. And, yeah, little things like where to – especially when you're that size. Yes. Right? But, like, physics really makes a difference when you're his size. It's not just all having the balls to stand in the lane. You know, you got your stick here or here. Like, all of a sudden, you're taking away a pass completely. And it's, he's like an albatross out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's great when you see a player start to make this transition because now we're on the precipice of seeing the best. The best has yet to come, and we're about to see it. You know? Yeah, like Vincent DeHarnay, really, in, in his development as a pro, like, like I'm a firm believer, like, when you're that big, I think it takes him longer. Like, look at Zdeno Chara's first five, six years in the league. And then, like, yeah. once he, he filled out that massive frame... And I'm not saying DeHarnay is going to be him. I'm not saying that at all. But I think Vincent DeHarnay, I don't look at him as saying all he's ever going to be is a number six. I think Vincent DeHarnay still has lots of room. Like where his stick work is now, you know, maybe like BFI. I think he's got room to get even higher. And he's, you know what? You got the right guy. Mark Stewart is a very smart defenseman. Right. And so Coffee is the guy who's maybe Coffee's like the sather of their team and Stewart's like the muckler, right? Maybe more of the technical yeah. guy. And Coffee's the one who really instills confidence, challenges you when need be, really pumps you up when need be. That's kind of the, the sense I get anyway, right now. Not that Coffee doesn't talk about the technical stuff, but uh, I, I think that's really been his message to get guys to believe in themselves. And it's very, there's a lot of power in that. And so I think Vincent DeHarnay is a guy that, um, he's, he's so incredibly young still in his NHL career. That this is something like if I was the Tenors, I'd lock him up to a two year deal as quick as I could, right? I don't think he's going to lock up longer term because he thinks like maybe he can improve. But, you know, you get Vinny DeHarnay at two years and a million bucks or a million two or something like that. I'm signing him up all day long because I think the benefits of him long term are massive. 
hundred percent. I totally agree with you. And I know you brought up Chara and we're not going to get expectations too high, but on relative terms, I played against Chara in the Western League, man. He went to Prince George. No one expected this to happen. I talked about Sheldon Surrey. And another little example there, by the way, within two years, Prince George had Brewer, Surrey, and Chara. Like, they, you know, there was never an easy night going in there in junior. But Chara came over. I was the last year, 96, 97, I believe. As I recall, I was in Red Deer. And, you know, you heard about this guy, and I, he looked like Bambi on skates. Like, he didn't look – I never would have thought this guy's going to run power plays in the NHL. But if you give a guy 6'9", a little bit of leash to, to work with, and what do we know about Chara? He was unbelievably – hardworking, yes. focused, determined, and treated his body well. So the sky's the limit. Now, is Dayanay going to be Chara? Probably not. But I'm just saying he can improve a long way with that skill set that we know is there and the size that you can't teach that, you know, Coach, how do I be six seven? Well, <laughs> you, know, you, you can't, Billy. But, you know, he has it there. Yeah, it's a huge advantage for sure. Jason Gregor, Terry Ryan with you, lots of tech. We'll announce our winner of the uh, the tickets to go to the skills competition next in the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 4.30, how are you? Jason Gregor, Terry Ryan, Connor Halley with you. And uh, congratulate we By the way, I've got to read some of the answers. I would like it when I say yes. Uh, send in some, uh, some good comments. But uh, Terrence was the, uh, the random lucky winner, and uh, he's going to be taking his daughter to the skills competition tonight. So, uh, Terrence, enjoy the game. Uh, just this one comment made me laugh. And if it was humorous, if it was just based on humor, he would have won. Tyler writes in, Connor has the most magnificent earlobes that has ever graced a man's face. <laughs> so there you go, cons. Someone uh, says you got nice earlobes. So if Deflin brings me up on screen. I mean, if I wear the headphones on only one ear, you do get a good glimpse. So I, I can see what he's saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. You guys see it, right? Oh, dude. It's your go-to, the yeah. earlobes. Who yeah. Do you Connor just going to start turning sideways. Hello, ladies. How are you? How's it going, Ash? Yeah. show off, yeah. too. That's all you need, right? Uh, make sure when you're driving, just, uh, you know, lift your, uh, lift your hat up a little bit so you can uh, fully fully uh, show your earlobes off to your lovely wife. Uh, might be a game changer for you, Cons. Maybe, maybe, that maybe, man maybe. has his cod piece on. Yeah. Connor has that ear... T- and yeah. towards us with that sexy earlobe just in everybody's face. Oh yeah, it's just oof, wow. Trying to calm now. Now, no Tr, I noticed um, you uh, you shaved your uh, your head. You and I are going in a different direction right now. See this? Like this is terrible. This is uh, this is how bad. Oh, it yeah, looks. man. Like look at how <laughs> awful. Say eh? like absolutely awful. Like oh can't stand it like you didn't uh, undersell it it turned out exactly like you were saying oh, it would buddy i told you like a lot of car racing right down the middle i'll tell you that all right uh, i would honestly you talk about acting it's not too late i would contact the trailer park boys <laughs> you know there's obviously an opening yeah it's true yeah you maybe know, i should send that in, in yeah yeah does Leahy does Leahy have a like a brother that he needs uh, for <laughs> for an episode Oh, God. He's certainly good looking at your face. Oh, God. It's brutal. I got a month left of the garbage. So, by the way, I did this for a uh, role. Yeah, yeah. You were, weren't you like a hitman or something? Well, going to be. And I'll, I'll elaborate more after it happens. Okay. But um, when's that I shooting? When are you doing that? It. Yeah, it wasn't just volunteer. What? When are you doing that? Oh God, uh, I'm I'm doing it at the end of this month. Now I got I had a real busy few months. I mean, I'll, the weeks are fine. It's every weekend. I'll, I'll be uh, gone for a while. Oh, nice. Well, look at you. I like it. Fort St. John, BC, coming up February 23rd. I actually Banff, Banff, 
the 26th of January, I'm giving a speech at Banff Springs, and then I'm going to come up, fly home out of Edmonton, so I want to see the studio and all that. Oh, well, we'll see you, we'll see you in studio. Is uh, the Sandman going to be around? We'll see. Sandman is, is going to be around. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. staying at his place. Oh, well, geez. Oh, my God. Huey and Dewey together again. Holy <laughs> God. Guys, yeah. pay, good guys, pace yourself. That's all I'll recommend. Raise the eights. We both have exactly eight games played in the NHL. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. I like it. It's nice. Um, got a few texts uh, to get here. Um, a lot. Hey, guys, uh, why would the Elks uh, release Aaron Grimes? I really enjoyed him on the show. I felt like he was ready to come back and play. That one comes from Frank. Yeah, if you missed it today, uh, Aaron Grimes, veteran uh, uh, defensive back, has been released by the uh, Edmonton Elks. He had one year left on his deal coming off of uh, surgery. So he's obviously being cleared because they couldn't release him until he was healthy. And uh, you know what? I-, I remember when we had Aaron here, obviously he wants to play again. Uh, for another season. So I think, you know, now he'll have opportunity just to put his name in the ring and for some other teams if they want to bring him in as a veteran, uh, guy who was always a good cover guy, right? He was he's never overly physical DB. He was more of a cover guy. And, you know, there'll be some concerns anytime you come off an injury like that. But, uh, knowing him, I think he's going to train hard. He's going to want to give himself one last opportunity to see at no, no, most players, you, you can never go out on your own, but at least maybe you go and say, hey, I tried my best. You know, I went to camp. It doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. So, uh, you know, maybe there was a little conversation. Like the Elks, their secondary last year, Connor, uh, they had a lot of young guys in the secondary due to injuries and stuff. And, you know, I, I don't think Aaron's totally shocked by this just because of, you know, the young secondary in Edmonton actually played pretty well last year uh, when guys got put into roles. So I could see why they'd want to stick with the younger guys. Yeah, Gregor, and he was going to be a free agent in February anyways. Oh, is that, was so, it a free agent? Okay, I thought yeah. his contract was done. Okay, so, so they're just helping him. It does give him more opportunity kind of beat the rush, try to find a new spot. does benefit him that way, but for sure, it will be very interesting to see. We never want to see a player's career end due to injury, so I'm rooting for the guy. I want to see him get back out there, uh, prove he can play in the CFL one more year at least. Yeah, so uh, I like it. Um you know, good for him. We'll see where he lands. Uh, you know, he'll he'll probably just at this point you're gonna look to, to get a tryout somewhere and you know sign with the team and and see how it goes. But um, not a surprise. Now he didn't have a big bonus due or anything, case because I know that happens. We saw that yesterday with Dunbar Junior. So that wasn't the case with Grimes. There was no uh, bonus that they're. And I'm not a big. I just want to say I'm not a huge fan of that. Right? You sign a contract and guys like okay, you know what? Well, kind of basically you're deferring the money, and then the team releases you a week or two days before that bonus payments due and you never get that payment because it was so if there was one part about the contract now some would say the player had to sign it so he knew it's a possibility and that's fair right it's obviously fair but you have to you have to be leery as a player about that because i don't care if the team tells you all the right things i'd be like Meh, no thanks i'd rather uh, get my bonus in august or whatever else or you know just try to get my money as a contract because when it's not guaranteed we see it all the time that uh, guys are going to get left uh, on the outside looking in uh, one other one comes in now this one's for you tr when you look at the at the orders play and i'm curious uh terry's thoughts on is it just a heater or are you seeing things that makes it believe you that this is sustainable and that this is more the orders team not that they're going to win six in a row all the time but that they're going to win the majority of their games that one comes in from douglas that's a good question and i've thought about this honestly jason as dan alluded to i think it's just starting to even out like early on I think they were getting really bad luck. It wasn't just that. They were making mistakes, but it was exactly that. Bouchard was better than that. Ekholm's better than that. Dryzel, I'll go down the list. Veterans were turning the puck over, making idiotic plays that they normally wouldn't. 
a lot of times, remember that nurse play where he followed up? It was a four on two or whatever, and they went back the other way. Things that wouldn't happen in Adam. And maybe it was just getting a late start. Maybe some teams, you know, a lot of the veterans maybe needed time to buckle in. You didn't think it would be with the Oilers. They came back early. They said everything right. They appeared to be doing everything right. But they were mistakes more than anything. I didn't see a team that was incompetent. So to me, yeah, they're on a heater. I expected it at some point. I think they're way better than they were at the beginning. I do think they're getting into the playoffs. And I think they could do some damage. I don't think a whole lot has changed from really overall. Last season, they really, you could make the argument they were the second best team in the NHL. They didn't just lose everything overnight. Let's say, and we asked this question, and we got some really good answers, so I'll ask you. You get one trade if you're the GM. Just because cap space, whatever. You have one trade what position would you upgrade if you were able would it be a goalie? Would it be a, a defenseman? Or would it be a specific forward position? You only get one move for Edmonton's current roster today. Also, keep in mind that you can recall Broberg. You can recall Holloway if you want or Jack Campbell. You know, you never know. So what would be your one trade of the position? I'm not saying the player because, you know, there's so many options. But if you only get to make one, what's the position you're upgrading if you're Ken Holland? If I get to make one? Really? And, and, and I mean, look at the beginning of the season and people are freaking out. And, and I know I know it needed to even out at some point and some of it was bounces, but I would get a goalie and, and I would have, you know, everybody's wondering about, should we call up Rodrigue? We got Picard in. Okay, you got Skinner as your backup. Now he's still so worried. You got to, I don't know who the goalie would be, but you're asking me to upgrade. No. And by the way, I think he's doing a great job right now. I do. I think the beginning of the season wasn't indicative of how he put, but it was panic mode time. It was panic. There's been no other position that people were freaking out so much. And if another four or five games happen where it starts to bounce the other way and his confidence gets shaken a little bit again and we're all freaking out, I just think if I, I, if I was one of seven teams in the NHL now that have a chance to go for it, the number one thing that I would want is a goalie. A lot of them need it, and I would be a hell of a lot more confident if I was any number, though, Jersey, whatever, Edmonton, Toronto, if I had a goalie. So that's what I'm going to say. All right. But, uh, that seems to be the popular answer. If you only have one move right now, they, they want a goalie that can uh, be split duties with Skinner or be the backup. Uh, not necessarily a starting goalie. There's a lot of confidence in Skinner because, let's be honest, a starting goalie, the cost is ridiculous. And, um, you know, even to get a backup is – is probably going to not be that expensive if you look at the history of backups in the NHL and what they get traded for. So um, I can understand that one for sure. Others, uh, it's really been goalie or defense have been the uh, the two obvious ones. Um, well, I shouldn't say obvious, but uh, more popular than getting another forward right now in Edmonton. That seems to be the uh, the collective thought process. Amongst- By the way, can I elaborate on that for one second? Yep. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, 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 I should say this. Like... In my mind, well, how do you say it? Rodrigue, Rodrigue, whatever it is. Olivier, Olivier Rodrigue. Rodrigue. Yes. Okay, Rodrigue. Ro- Rodrigue. Rodrigue. Well, yeah. isn't now a good time? What is it? Like, people are acting like he's 17 years old. Isn't he like 22? Mm-hmm. Didn't that Dostal guy go in the same draft? Yeah. That's standing on his head. That's pretty, This guy can't come up now, play like, I don't know, Anaheim or, or Columbus later this month. You can't put him into that game. You think it's going to fall? His confidence is going to fall so much? I mean, I don't know. He's a young prospect. Get in against Columbus the end of January. See if you string something together. Maybe you do. Maybe you got lightning in a bottle. I I just, why not try it out now? I don't understand it. With all the cry out for goalies months ago, and Skinner's playing all right now, yes. But imagine if he came up and he was okay. (laughs) You know, like I think Skinner would play with a lot more confidence. 
Jason Greger, Connor Howe, hey, uh, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation uh, YouTube. So uh, that's the question to you. Text in 833-401-1440 in our E-Well uh, inbox, 833-401-1440. You get one move, you're the GM. What position are you looking to upgrade or add as depth for the team? Uh, we'll come back with uh, five questions. But first, let's get to the Snow Valley Ski Report. Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Thursday, January 4th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. To say it's been a slow start to the ski season this year is an understatement, but a bit of snow in the forecast for the mountain parks is the best news Alberta skiers have heard thus far in 2024. It's not a lot, but snow is expected in Jasper and Banff over the next few days. Currently, Marmot Basin operating on a 40-centimeter base with all lifts open except the new knob quad chair, still waiting its anticipation anticipated debut as snowmaking on the lower mountain does continue. Lake Louise now has 136 of its 164 runs open and all lifts going, but conditions are variable once you venture off the groomed trails. Sunshine Village has 103 of its 138 runs open and Norquay with 48 of its 60 all lifts operating at both resorts. Castle Mountain, 35 of its 96 runs open, while down in Kananaskis, Nakiska is offering 52 of 64 runs. If you're looking for fresh snow, the Okanagan is your best bet right now as Silver Star received 10 centimeters in the last 24 hours and Big White, Sun Peaks and Apex Alpine all received a few centimeters of snow in the last 24 hours. More expected heading into the weekend. Revelstoke with 3 centimeters of new snow overnight and 8 in the last 2 days. No new snow of any significant amount at Kicking Horse, Fernie, Kimberly or Panorama. Around Edmonton, all the ski hills are open, operating on man-made snow. One upside to the somewhat meager offerings at the Mountain Ski Resorts this year is the discounts on lift tickets that many are offering. Be sure to check online before heading out as the lift ticket may be a bit cheaper than you're expecting. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Well, there you go. Uh, when we come back, five questions next on Sports 1440. It's the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 4.47, welcome back. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, Terry Ryan with you along for the ride. Uh, please turn your lights on as you make your way home. Good news every day. It's getting a little lighter out. Stays lighter longer. Soon it's going to be back to, oh, I can't wait. You just think about it. You know, it's 10 o'clock at night. You're driving home from the golf course. Heck, maybe you're still on the golf course in the summertime. God, it's amazing. It's what I love about January. It's just, I know we got through the shortest days and now every day. I know it takes a while, but still, it's a, it's a small minute or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a minute, minute and a half, whatever the number is, but, uh, it's still, uh, it's still great to, uh, to have the improvement in the uh, longer days every day. I like it. Uh, let's get to uh, five questions now brought to you by the brick. It's your final days to shop at Canada's best boxing week sale at the brick. You can save up to 700 bucks on uh, big screen TVs, free delivery, by the way, for any TV, uh, 50 inches or more. You can also save 25% off of bedroom and dining furniture at the brick and the brick.com. <laughs> It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, I've asked this question before, but this time it's a little bit different. The Oilers playing some pretty good hockey right now. They've got a bit of a longer break, chance to work on some things at practice. If you are running the practices or, uh, you know, film sessions, things along those lines with this time off, what would your area of focus be? Okay, in general, I mean, if we're not going to talk specific, like, you know, McLeod going to the net more, uh, you know, DeHarnay maybe you know get, get, getting 
more agile and there's things each player can work on. But if I'm, I think you're asking as a team. And if that's the case, I would always say defense. These guys could play. They could get goals blindfolded and all shooting the wrong way, man. Like I, I, I would always focus on that. And what happens when their defense tightens up a bit? They are, they're one of the best teams in the NHL. So I would try to keep that up here because I think the offense is always going to be there just naturally. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, for me, uh, like they didn't skate yesterday, so they skated today and they'll skate again tomorrow. Two practice days, not crazy amount. I honestly, th- I want to keep the fun level up right now. The guys are feeling good about themselves. Have some competitive uh, drills, games, whatever you call it at the end of practice. Guys are still competitive. I don't care how old you are. They love it. Right. And that's why I always find it funny for, I, I've talked to some amateur. Oh, I don't have, I don't have time for games in my kids practice. You know, we got to focus on this. And I'm like, what? NHL teams have fun skates, right? They have drills for, and they're grown men. It's their job because it's got to be fun. And so I would just uh, keep the fun high, have everybody feeling good about themselves. Uh, you know, you can incorporate a little defensive stuff for sure. I think that's a good one, but I, I'd focus on just keeping it light, having some healthy, fun competitions that have them competing, but having fun. Question number two, guys. The World Juniors gold medal, bronze medal games go tomorrow. You've got USA and Sweden in the gold, and the Czechs and Finns going for bronze. Uh, who's your pick to win each of these games? I'm going to go with uh, Czechia. I think they played uh, quite well, and I love the Finns. I can't believe I'm like the Finns are the greatest bronze medal team ever, so I can't believe I'm going against them. But uh, I, I think Czechia has been the better team all tournament, so I'll go with them. How about for gold? Yeah, I'm oh, for gold, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for Sweden. God, <laughs> for all the way, not in a question. I think it's going to be U.S., Sweden, Czech, yeah, in that order. All right, I like it. Uh, question number three for you guys. Some reports coming out that a William Nylander extension could be coming soon, north of a million dollars per season. Now, what would you make of that contract for Willie? Eleven million, you mean? What did I say? Oh, yeah, one. Yeah. We, oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. wouldn't be very much. Eleven million. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? I, like I've I've looked at their at their contracts, right? Like William Nylander, I would now Matthews obviously has been really good, but Nylander's probably been the most consistent Toronto player this year. Right? He competes hard. He shows up in the playoffs. I know it's a that's four guys now over uh, ten mil. All fours. You now it's not ideal. Let's let's make that uh, you know now John Tavares has one year left and then I think he's going to take a you know like down to six million or something so you're kind of switching out Tavares for for Nylander here or bait there you know for one year you got a maybe a little bit of a problem but I I couldn't I wouldn't have just moved out uh, Nylander I'll say this though um, if I find a good trade partner I would move Mitch Marner if I was Toronto. Hmm. I, I I love watching Marner play, but I know he's streaky and I, I you know, they got four of those guys. They could probably stand to lose one and improve in another area. I know. I kind of agree with you. Marner seems like the ultimate all time maple leaf, but yeah. Nylander, I don't know, man. The beginning of the year when he was asking for even ten, it sounded a little bit much to me, but I don't know. I'm looking at what he's doing. You know, he's putting his money where his mouth is. He bet on himself, and I can't say he's losing here. He's one of the best players in the NHL. Often, you know, a few other guys in that category have signed. I don't know. What what was the Pasternak at the beginning of the year? I know he's yeah. a level ahead of Nylander, but where would you put Nylander? You're not too much lower than that. At the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have said 10. Now I'm going 11 is probably fair. Probably is, and that's the Leafs' problem to deal with. But 11, uh, kind of. Kind of, what's the word? 
bothers me to say it, but I, I, I think he's worth it. Yeah. Like, you, you know what? When you bring up Pasternak, that is a really good example of, okay, here's David Pasternak. He just scored 60 goals. Right. And, and he's getting 11 million and you're going to pay another guy 11. So well, when you compare it that way, I like Willie Nylander, but his career numbers aren't compared to Pasternak. I so, know. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. That's, there. A, that, that's, that's a very what, good that's example. What, that's what's getting me to that 11. Because at one point I'm comparing him to the other Leafs that have signed. And the other part of me is saying he's made, what, six for the, like, if, if, if any of them have been a deal, it's been him. And people knocked that deal five, six years ago. So, ah. Uh, I know, man. It's a, it's a ponderable, but that's why the Leafs don't have an easy job, and they've kind of painted themselves into this corner by giving all those other guys money who he's outperforming. Yeah. Question number four. Our reports coming out there that Draymond Green nearing return to the Warriors facility after being suspended indefinitely back on December 13th. Uh, with his veteran Warriors team, do you think his return will help them get them back into the playoff push, or do you think it could be a distraction? Well, I guess it all depends how he plays. He's going to remain an idiot who can't, uh, who just has um, blowout after blowout, can't control his temper. Then, yeah, it's a distraction for sure, hundred percent. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll be better off. I know they said they want him to to get some help. All right. Like, I really appreciated his coach being very honest. Like, hey, this is about. He's got to get some help as a person here, right? Because if you're having, if you're having that public of tirades, imagine what's happening behind closed doors. So. Um, well, you know, remember he punched we'll see. that guy out on his team. Oh yeah, as yeah, a joke, right? <laughs> and, and then they traded that guy. They basically chose him over that guy, which to me is just empowering. He's like, see, look at me, I can do whatever I want. So um, we'll see. Maybe this wakes him up. But I don't know the Warriors. Yeah, they could probably use him on the defensive end, no question. But um, you know, I, I don't know. He's gone for this many months. You know, how many games are going to take him to give up to speed? Like, I don't know how much it really helps him. We'll see. If he's on his P's and Q's, he's a good defender. There's no question about that. But how long before he becomes a distraction? Because if I'm an opposing team, I'm doing everything to try to to ruffle his feathers and see how uh, how controlled he actually is. Here's the thing for me: they they're champions. They've won it. They've come together. He is a loose cannon, but it happens out of his temper, which obviously he can't control at times. But I don't think he's a bad teammate in the way a guy like Kyrie Irving or James Harden. Wherever they play, I know is a distraction. Kyrie Irving might show up. He might be orbiting space to prove the earth's not flat the night before game one of the playoffs. Harden might not even show up to the rink at all or to the, to the court at all, right? You, who knows? Where were you? I don't know. I was in Vegas. Have you got a problem with that? Draymond Green, I think, is he's, he's maybe too dialed in at times. I will take that. I forget the saying, but someone, some coach somewhere said, I'd rather get a wild horse, you know, you'd rather take him out of the burn than try to put him back in. What's that? No, saying? Well, you'd rather, I'd rather tame a stallion than whip a donkey. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I think, yes, I do think he's a distraction, Jason. I just think it's, it's, it's bigger probability for him to overcome that than it is for the teammates of the other two guys I mentioned. Okay. Final question for you guys. Uh, the sink here in our building a little backed up right now. Gregor, you've seen it. Uh, we can't even put like Drano down there right now because the water's too high and it, it won't it won't go down. We might have to snake it. I don't know what the fix is, but it got me thinking. Uh, what is the household issue that is your least favorite to deal with? Well, I mean, I'm going to go toilet first of all, just for the obvious reasons. But I, I don't like the roof. I'm scared of heights. And I've gone up and done it and, and helped friends or whatever, but I, I don't like it. Okay, wait a sec. You've done stunts and you're scared of heights? Yeah, I can. And I, but I don't 
do a lot. To, I did one this year to do with heights. It made me uncomfortable. I was I was blowing. I did an explosion where yeah, I yeah. kind of started low, and and it was more of yeah. But I wouldn't like jump out of a building. No, I've done stunts. Most of them fights. You're right. Jason. I had to drop out of firefighting school, which was paid for through the PHPA. I went up, and I had to do that part, rappelling down the building, and I just had I hyperventilated. I couldn't do anything about it. I tried. I just my body shuts down. Really. Yeah. Mm, all right. Dallas Stars Camp. Uh, there's, there's a story. I'll tell one of these rants coming up. It's worth it. It's I. I embarrassed myself in front of a lot of people. Um, household. Wow. Uh, I'll say this. Um, plumbing is the least. I've done some plumbing. I hate it. Um. So anything that involves plumbing is number one. A household thing that I would uh, avoid. And you at all look costs. like Mister Clean, which is really an ironic thing to say. <laughs> Uh, even more so when I had the uh, the hoop earrings, but I uh, don't have those anymore. So, um, yeah. Now, no, plumbing's not uh, not it, man. Can't stand it. Yeah, that's six revolting. I don't know what you guys do in there. I've never used it, so I'm just like... It's not us. Like, it what, is not us. How do you clog a sink that bad and then just keep filling up water in it? Like, what the... What kind of buffoon does that? So. And they clean their bowls in it, too, so it gets, like, I don't know, soupy or whatever else is in there. It's disgusting. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad. I heard the sink is the dirtiest place in the house, counting the toilet. I don't know how much truth Not mine, TR. Tell you that right now. I'm pretty anal hey, about this. talking about? I, guess, I, I clean the sink. I, it work, maybe, but at home, like, there's nothing worse. I'll tell you right now. My wife can attest. The sink, like, I can't go to bed. The kitchen is always clean. The minute dinner, something, I'm almost too bad because, like, I'll be done eating, and then I, they're, they're kind of almost finished. I'll, I'll get up, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, just wait till we're done eating. Okay. So, you know, get back down. Hey, how was your day? It was a good day today. It was a bad day today. What kind of day was it? But, um, no, I, uh, um, I, I can't handle a dirty kitchen. It's the worst. Like, I can tell you, go to someone's house and dirty kitchen, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm not sure I'm hanging out here much longer. Yeah. And I'm not a germaphobe. I'm not a clean, like overly clean person, but the kitchen without question has to be, uh, I don't like dirty dishes on the counter overnight. Never hate it. So sink is not in my house is definitely not the dirtiest place. Got the common. I'm cleaning it all the time. It's stainless steel. It's pretty shiny. TR, have yourself a wonderful, uh, a wonderful day. And we okay, will, I thought uh, I yeah, didn't I already answer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'll try. You guys too. I got Mike McNamee, hockey player turned uh, musician, Boston Levi. They call him now. He's coming on my podcast Ooh, tomorrow. I'm really looking forward nice. to it. And Darren McCarty next week. Oh, jeez, the D Mac. Good stories from him, man. Oof, nice. I can't um, wait. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I'll elaborate. I you guess should, when I should, see you. You next should week. ask him about his uh, Stanley Cup uh, goal. Uh, was it? Game, oof, I oh, yeah. Flyers. That like, one under the stick, that move yeah, that looked like, like Mario Lemieux like yeah. goal. He scored in the final. Uh, yeah, I, unbelievable. I, I always, I've always been curious when, when Steve Eiserman came into the pile when he celebrated. I'd love ask him what Steve said to him. That's a great question. Yeah. You know, That's I want to know because question. I saw Eiserman come in. and He said, "I can't read his. I can't read words." You ask him because I'd be very. And I want to know what he said to him after that goal and that celebration because it was amazing. Hey, I remember that exact. I jumped out of my like. Just imagine where he's been. Not, I don't think ever goon, but he's been. I just looked oh, yeah, up some bio today and it oh, said that yeah. it's like he was their tough guy. I'm like, how many tough guys even have the instinct to make that move? Yes, right? in the Stanley Cup final. 
in the Stanley Cup final to make that move. I was going, whoa. Yeah. Right now, we all know he's not a goon, but I'm just saying, you know, his role on the team. Wow. What a boost that was. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. It's still one of the greatest Stanley Cup final goals. I, like, obviously, Lemieux against the uh, the North Stars is pretty unbelievable. But oh, that yeah. move, by, because it's Darren McCarty, to me, yeah. like, Lemieux doing it, you're like, yeah, okay, well, I kind of expect it. Still great. Don't get me wrong. But McCarty doing it, you're like, what? Like, I'm sure. And any team you play on, I don't care. When one of your guys who does something that's not expected to his skill set, everybody gets jacked up automatically, right? Like when your number six defenseman scores a goal, the bench goes a little crazier than when, you know, when your first line guy scores his 40th goal. You know what I mean? It's just a little bit different. So. It's like when a, when one of your skill guys drops the gloves, the guy's are like, oh, my God, this is unreal because you're not expecting it. So, yeah, that goal. I'd love to know. Yeah, you ask him that one. I'd be very curious see what he says. Well, will. we'll talk thank to you, you on Monday, my man. Have a good one. Okay, thanks, Connor. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Edmonton. See you guys soon. As uh, Terry Ryan, our Thursday and Monday co-host here on Sports 1440, let's get to the uh, con man. Sports update brought to you by Booster Juice. You can download the new Booster Rewards app today and start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will help get you through the day. Ooh, they're so good. We have a Booster Juice right below us in the uh, at the station here on uh, on the first floor, and uh, frequented a few times. I'm telling you, the strawberry banana can't beat it. It's so good at Booster Juice.